You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. And we're back with Podiatry Marketing. I'm Jim McDonald and my co-host Tyson Franklin. Tyson, what's going on today? I am good, Jim. It's, as I always say, it is sunny in Cairns. Wasn't, actually, wasn't there a TV show, Sunny in Philadelphia? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Well, Cairns, it's always hot in Cairns. So the other day I was out there smoking uh, this beef, this beef, big piece of beef, and I had a thermometer that I was, as I was setting everything up, had a thermometer in the uh, in the smoker, getting the temperature up. Had the other thermometer just sitting on the table, and it was said it was 105, just sitting on my table, which was about 39 degrees Celsius. So it was yeah. hot as so. Yes, it's warm in cans. How I'd take it, it's it's cool, it's cool once again. In Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's always like, you know, minus 15 here during the wintertime. So uh, just just life in Montreal, lots of ice skating, lots of getting outside and throwing snowballs and making snowmen uh, in Montreal. So no, things things, things are good over here. But um, how about you let us know what are we going to get into today? What's that uh, the topic that everyone's just dying to hear about uh, on podiatry marketing? Okay, the topic today is marketing complacency. All right, all right. So, are people getting <laughs> complacent? Are they, you know, it's the beginning of the year. Everyone should be ramped up and ready to rock and roll. Uh, what, so, what, what are your thoughts on uh, getting complacent with their marketing? Yeah. Okay. So, well, first, I'll just explain. Like complacency in general is like a feeling of certainty of one achievement. So, you start to get a little bit smug where you currently are, and it's one of those things where you think you've arrived and there's not much else that you actually need to do. And sometimes you can feel really secure where you are, but you're unaware of some of the potential dangers that, that could be coming up. So how this actually relates to your marketing is a lot of people, it's their marketing, all the work they've done behind the scenes that gets them to where they are. And if they stop marketing or sort of reduce the current level of marketing that they're doing, because yeah, they think they've arrived and uh, they don't need to do it. That is the part that can be a really, really big mistake. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we, we kind of live in an ever-changing world, which has been you know more than apparent over the last two years. Um, <laughs> yeah. In in more ways, we'd like to discuss on the on in the scope of this podcast. But uh, what are some examples of that kind of complacency in action? Right, like uh, you know, you kind of make it to that level and you feel like you're set and just like you got the momentum and nothing's going to stop you. Well, it's one of the things there's like I've identified five things that I think are signs that you're beginning a little bit more complacent in your marketing. One is disengagement. You're no longer really involved in like networking or community activities. So you're sort of just pulling away from the community itself. The second thing is is a lack of investment in your marketing. So you'll start to reduce your spending and you'll start looking at, well, maybe marketing is an expense and not an investment. So, and, and marketing is an investment. It's an investment in your business, it's an investment in your future. But when you start to get complacent, you think, mm, maybe it's an expense. I could save some money if I didn't market as much. The third sort of sign that marketing complacency is sort of happening is there's a loss of passion for the numbers of your business. So you don't test and measure anything anymore. You don't look at your key performance indicators. You're sort of just happy with how things are actually uh, plodding along. The fourth thing is there's no interest in like new opportunities or ways to grow and promote your business. So all of a sudden you're presented with something, you go, nah, don't need to worry about that. Yeah, like, everything is going great. And I think the other big part is there's no critical thinking and therefore there's no planning. 
and there's no well there's no planning with your team and no action is actually taken so i think that they're like the biggest signs of marketing complacency is starting to happen and i've i've seen it happen in podiatry business and i saw a great example in a physio clinic once yeah i think that's a huge uh you know, concern. Uh, you think this is more prevalent in folks that you know run solo practices, or do you see this just as much as you know in people in you know multi um, you know healthcare provider groups or podiatry groups in general? I think it can happen to everybody at any stage, regardless if you're a solo practitioner or you're a big business. I think at a certain point you may have had a goal that you wanted to achieve, and once you reach that goal, you sort of get that feeling of oh, that was great, and you might celebrate, and then. Because while you're celebrating, you take your foot off the brake. So I've seen a lot of businesses where they've hit these big milestones. And I've, you know, like people listening to this and know I'll do one-on-one business coaching. And I've seen podiatrists that I've done coaching with who said, this is what I want to do and this is what I want to achieve. And they get there. And as soon as they get there, they say, yeah, I don't want to do coaching anymore. I'm where I need to be. And I just shake my head thinking, you've just built up all this momentum and then you then you stop. And then what tends to happen a lot of those businesses will start to plateau over a period of time. And it could be for three months. It could be for six months. It could be for two years. They just they plateau and don't really grow, but they're sort of happy with this. But what they don't realize, it's just the momentum of all their past marketing that they've done that is actually keeping the business alive. And they actually, it's like false belief that what they've done is going to just keep going on. And what they don't realize is slowly and internally, the business is starting to run away, like having termites in a house. You don't know they're there until when you do know, then it's hard to actually get rid of them. So that, that's one of the biggest problems. Yeah, I guess you just kind of stop challenging yourself or challenging your assumptions. And, you know, part of life is kind of being a lifelong learner and kind of, like you said, setting goals for yourself, but also like, you know, knowing, knowing what you don't know. So you can kind of go out and test things and uh, try some new things from occasion. Um, for those people that are, you know that feel maybe they're just getting a little complacent or just like are on that plateau, yeah. You know what are some kind of concrete steps that people can take to kind of uh, get out of that funk or get out of that rut? Well, I think when when you first thing you should do is have a look at all the marketing you've done in the past, and and you should be testing and measuring it. You should know what worked, what didn't work. A certain percentage of your marketing budget should be going towards things that you know are already working, but you should be taking a small percentage and putting it towards new things that you haven't done before. You know, test new new things that, if you've never done Google Ads, maybe do some Google Ads and see what effect that has. Or if you've never organized a, a, a dinner, invited, say, health professionals to have dinner with you, uh, yeah, 10 people at a table at an event, try something like that. It's just constantly keep trying different things and don't just rest on your laurels. So even when my clinic was absolutely booming and going great, Every year, I spent more money on marketing. So I always took whatever we turned over, I would take 8 to 10% of my turnover, and that would be invested into marketing. And as the business grew, then my marketing budget grew, and I just kept plowing it back in there, which is why the clinic never took it down, yeah, never spiraled downwards at any stage. It just constantly just kept growing because I kept wanting to build it. Of course, I also know that when I've seen businesses plateau, that their staff, you know, the team morale starts to drop a little bit. And then once the team morale starts to drop, because the business owner is not looking at the business as much anymore, then team members start to leave. And then I've seen business owners then have to come back and try and rebuild their business. 
Yeah, that's not easy, right? Like once you kind of get that downward momentum going, you know, along with the up momentum, also that downward momentum can really be negative to not only the team, but just kind of like, you know, your way of life it affects more than just the business itself. Uh, I definitely can see where that that could be an issue. So, so like what kind of things would you say uh, in that vein to try to like stop that from having, obviously piling more money back into your marketing, what other opportunities you think are there for, for people to, to try to like, you know, maintain that momentum or keep, build, keep building in a way? Well, I think a lot of it's mindset too. You've got to keep yourself really in a positive mindset. You need to be reading, uh, not just mindset books, but reading marketing books. Like Seth Godin has a number of books that every time you pick up any of his books and start reading it, you cannot not have your brain actually thinking about different ways. And when you read something, never say that won't work for me or that won't work in podiatry. It might work in for a hairdresser, but it won't work for a podiatrist. Instead, ask yourself, how can I make that work for me? So as you're reading, like I'm reading a book at the moment called The Practice by Seth Godin. And it's all about... Uh, about practicing. It's about constantly practicing what it is that you do. And he said, you know, if you're a writer, then you should be writing every single day. If there's other things you want to get better at, then you should be doing it every day. So your business, if you want your business to succeed, you need to be doing the market. You need to be involved in the marketing for your business. And it needs to be something that you constantly want to get better at. And if you try something and it fails, then what he says in the book, you didn't fail. All you did was practice. You practiced something yeah. that didn't work. All you, so it's practice. And he said, we're all creative people, entrepreneurs, business owners. We are all creative people. And what we create is art. Now, your podiatry business is your art. That's what you're showing the world. And it's through marketing that you're then sharing that with everybody. And everybody's going to make mistakes along this course, right? Oh, no yeah. one has a, a, th a thousand percent uh, batting average when it comes to, you know, what's going to work with a certain type of patient or a, a certain area. So it, it's okay to to have those flaws, you know, to, to expect that occasionally things are not going to turn out all right. Um, I think you brought up a good point earlier too that, um, you know, when you just kind of get a little complacent or you feel like you're hitting that plateau, you know, there's new podiatry students or new residents or new fellows coming out into podiatry world all the time that, you know, maybe you're a digital native, um, also have, you know, we're kind of born with skills or a knowledge base that, yeah. not that we're that old, but like, you know, we kind of come from more of an analog world initially and have over time learned more about digital ways of marketing and practice and uh, providing patients care in a way that's, um, you know, there's more uh, opportunities to be in contact and communicate with people uh, this day and age than, you know, back when we, you know, wearing, wearing pagers or, you know, calling on landlines. <laughs> so I think, I think like, like what you're tying talks, you know, what you're talking about kind of ties into this lifelong learning and not just getting kind of like, oh, this is the way I've always done it. So I'm going to keep on doing it that way. That might work for a little while, but over time, you'll kind of be overtaken by either competitors or the next generation, you know, that's speaking in ways and doing things that you're not willing to do. And I actually think it's, it's well, there's two things I want to say. One was, there's a saying I saw someone once and it said, the big don't eat the small, the fast eat the slow. So you can have a big clinic that has been going along really well. And because it's been so successful and in your town, you've had little to no competition, then that you can get very, very complacent. And I was actually in Kansas itself. When I got to Kansas, there was one podiatry clinic. And they were the only podiatry clinic in Cairns. They were booked out weeks in advance, solid as. So 
They did no marketing. Then I came along and bang, I just got stuck into it and my clinic grew really fast. Over the years, other podiatrists came into town and they set up very similar businesses to the other, the clinic that was originally here. They did no marketing. They just opened up the doors and thought, because I'm here, all the patients are going to come. And while they were doing that, I just kept marketing my practice and it just kept growing and it kept growing. So after you know 20 something years, I had a business that was booming along. I had a lot of competitors that were doing very little. Some started to do marketing, but all they were trying to do was copy what I was doing. But even then, even when I knew we were so far in front of everybody else, I didn't take my foot off the pedal. I just kept going because I knew eventually some new younger guys would come into town who were clever, who were going to start doing some marketing. And I thought, I want to be ready for when they arrive. So like I said, it's not the big that eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. And I didn't want to sort of go, oh, okay, I've made it now. I can just sit back and rest because these new younger guys coming through would have actually taken over if I didn't keep doing what I was doing. Now, I sold my practice. The people that took it over got a bit complacent. The younger guys coming in are kicking their ass. <laughs> well, I think I think you I think you bring up a good point. In, in business, we usually talk about that being kind of the first mover advantage. Yeah, you know, like uh, you know, you kind of came in and, and dominated your market, and were the visible, um, you know, podiatry clinic in your local area. Everyone who's aware of you, you built momentum through your marketing and through the great care you provided. And it just becomes a flywheel by you know, like, and then you're doubling down on that. You know, mm. learning what's working and not working. It's a huge advantage. And I think one way to quantify that is sometimes if you in the in the states or uh, you know we have Google reviews, right? So when someone types in, let's say, San Francisco podiatrist or Denver podiatrist, and they look on Google and they see that someone has you know five hundred and forty you know four point eight stars yeah. versus a clinic a clinic down the road that has seven reviews that are all five stars, they're going to see that clinic that has that five hundred and forty reviews or and think like that's where I want to go. That's the place that like, you know, that that's the place where you go for foot and ankle care in this, in this area. Right. So, um, I think that just ties into like you're talking about is that you got to like keep your foot on the gas and just keep on, you know, you know, keep on moving forward because like you said, those young, aggressive, motivated, ambitious, um, you know, podiatrists that might have some skills you simply don't have that you're trying to learn, or Mm. maybe we'll learn in a year from now, um, it's a huge opportunity, uh, like you said, to kind of ju- get the jump on everybody before. Um, yeah, so, so, you, so you build a successful business that's uh, beneficial to you in your, in your practice. Well, it's interesting what you said about the Google reviews, for example. I'll tell you right now, a podiatrist that has 540 Google reviews is not complacent with their marketing. They're not complacent with asking patients for Google reviews. They don't go to a conference have someone get up on stage and say, oh, you should try and get more Google reviews. Do it for a week. Yeah, come back from the conference. Excited. They do it for two weeks. They get 10 Google reviews and they go, oh, that's awesome. And they stop. And that that leads on to another topic that we can talk about later on about helicopter marketing. That's just another big no-no that people shouldn't do. And But the person that's got 540 Google reviews no complacency whatsoever. They would have put a system in place to gather those reviews. And once they got 100, they kept going. When they got 200, they kept going. When they got 500, they kept going. So there's no room for complacency. 
it's exactly what you're talking about. It's putting these consistent systems in place where, you know, where it's it's important to the clinic. It's known by the practice owner that these are the things that we do. We have systems in place to make them happen. And then then it's a marathon and not a sprint, right? Because there's always going to be some bright, new, shiny object coming along or someone's going to cold call you or send you an email or you're going to hear from a colleague like, do this thing as well. But you have to nail down those core systems and do it consistently to get those benefits. If you're always jumping from rock to rock, like pretty soon you're gonna run out of rocks and you're gonna have, you're not gonna be any further down down the road. So uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, I think when it comes to marketing though, in general, some people might say, well, I'm not quite sure how to do marketing. Well, if you're not sure, mm-hmm. reach out to Jim or myself. And say, can you help me with the marketing? Yes, we can help you with marketing. But once you learn what to do and you start getting it going and you start building up that momentum, is don't stop just don't stop it's just keep going with it and even when your business like there would be times but my business was we, we were flat out we were booked out and we had a list of patients wanting to come into the clinic and i still did marketing i was still constantly looking for new ideas if an opportunity arose i would sit down evaluate it talk with the team and we'd make a decision and we'd either not do it or not do it but I never just I never got to that point where I've made it. I'm at the top of the mountain. I can just stop. And it's because every business goes through cycles where all of a sudden there's that slight downturn where it is quiet. But because of my marketing, I mean, our downturns were so minimal that rarely we were ever sitting around just looking at each other. It, kind of you bring that up reminds me of a, a book I'm currently reading called Think Again. And um, it's one of these things where you, you got to check your own beliefs and kind of like your own knowledge, like over the course of your life or the over course of your practice. Because if I go back to when I was in podiatry school, you know, shockwave therapy for heel pain was something that was kind of done with these huge machines in this like <laughs> operate operating room setting yeah. that made these the people on the podcast that, you know, remember what those sounded like? It's like the like this like crazy sound, these huge machines. And you know, if that was my only idea about what shockwave therapy was, you know, uh, things have progressed and evolved over time. So now even, you know, podiatry clinics in the States, you know, some people are doing it for cash, you know, in the office with a smaller device, whether it's as powerful or not, you know, I've kind of lost track a little bit of that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's, 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 it's what you bring up. It's really important to think again about these kind of tightly hold beliefs or like, Oh, I would never do that in my practice. But over time, life changes, practice changes, you know, research on certain topics change. So you have to be ready to adapt to do what's right for you in your practice. Yeah, well, how many people probably have have looked at something? Yeah, they might have something in their business now, but how long did it take before they actually implemented it from the first time they saw it? Rarely does somebody see something and go, oh, that looks cool, I'm going to get that. Now I tend to do that probably too often. But most people don't do that. And But what they'll do is they'll look at something and they think, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't fit with what I do. But then over time, they see other people using it and and then the beliefs actually start. It's sort of what I refer to in the Toilet Reboot as the bandwagon effect. It's where like, there's not too many podiatrists now that you'll see that don't do shockwave, don't do foot mobilization, don't do dry needling. There's a big list, exercise and rehab now. But you go back 10 years ago, if you mentioned any of that stuff, people go, oh, no, no, I'm not, not doing that. But now it's just, it's common. They're teaching it at university. But it's taking those skills 
Knowing that everybody does them now is how are you going to market that to your patients? And once you find something that works is keep doing it. And even when you get bored, and this is the other part with complacency or marketing complacency, is you will get bored way before your patients ever get bored. So just because you think, oh, I should change this ad, or I should change what I'm doing here, or I should stop doing that because it's really boring. I must be boring everybody. No, you're not boring anybody. Just keep doing it until it stops working. I think that's a great point. I think even when you're talking with patients, right, uh, and you're reminding them about what the diagnosis is, how they, you know, what your treatment (laughs) recommendations are, the more times you can loop back and make it simple for them. And sometimes that feels like you're repeating yourself three or four times. But humans, for the most part, that's how we learn is through repetition and having things taught. You know, maybe they were, maybe their kid grabbed their leg the first time you said you have plantar fasciitis, do these three things. Or like, so it's important to like, you know, have a message, repeat the message, circle back to the message, you know, three or four times, you know, and, you know, maybe they heard you two times instead of instead of those four times. So uh, it is one of those things when you have a message, you know, you you're more embarrassed about saying, you know, even with me, like I'll write an email newsletter to the podiatrist. And, you know, I feel like I kind of said those things before. (laughs) But maybe they didn't know maybe it was, you know, what I get like, 40% 40% of people open my email. So I already know that 60% of people didn't read that. So, and then maybe, you know, 20% like open it, but didn't actually read it. Uh, so, I mean, you're, you're not really, you're only kind of feeling repetitive in your own eyes or it only feels repetitive to yourself. So I think that's a good point. Yeah, I remember having a sales rep coming up to me once and saying, oh, Tyson, when are you going to change the ad? You've been running the same ad for so many years. And I had this one particular ad that I ran for over 20 years. And she said, when are you going to stop change it? It is so boring. I said, I will change it when it stops working. And she went, oh, oh, okay. And, <laughs> and sometimes we just change things because we're bored and we want to spice it up. But if you're measuring, if you're not complacent and you're looking at your KPIs and you're testing and measuring things, you know your numbers, you know whenever you run certain, certain types of marketing, you can see the effect it has on your business. So every time you're doing it, if it's doing really well, then keep doing it. But if you start to notice a dip, then you give it a break. I, I, ref, I relate it to um, like horse racing. Even a champion horse like, uh, like Winx, I don't know who Winx is, or Black Caviar, two Australian champions. Even those horses that were unbe- that undefeated, you know, more, than, more than 20 races each undefeated, they still had a break, had a bit of a spell, and then came back and kicked everyone's ass again. But the trainer could probably tell by the way they ran when it was time to actually give them, give them yeah, looked at the numbers, knew when it was time to give it a, a bit of a spell and then bring it back out. And that's what I did with my marketing as well. Sounds like a winner. Sounds like you weren't getting complacent. No, no complacency for me. Still no complacency. I love doing this stuff. So I think we've covered that subject today. Jim, so I've got nothing else to say. Yeah, I think we, we talked, you know, at length. And I think there's some serious value there um, about you know, the consistency in your marketing. But like you said, just uh, not resting on your laurels is nope. the way that used to be said in the running days, you know, like, uh, you got to get back out there, you got to train, it's a marathon and not a sprint. So uh, some consistency um, in your marketing is gonna continue to generate that the revenue, the patient stream. And uh, I think you, you touch on that topic really well. So I'm looking forward to uh, our, our next chat. Uh, Uh, in the not-too-distant future. So, No, I'll talk to you again next week, Jim. See you later. Sounds great. Bye, Tyson. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. 
Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.